Welcome back to another Dad You podcast. My name is Chris Sherrod, and in the studio today we have Wes Butler. Hello. And uh, yeah, glad you're back. We were in the middle of a talk on discipline and so much good stuff already that I was sharing afterwards that I already, as going through this, I'm thinking through how I'm doing right now. Yeah. Because I still have an eight and a, eight and a 10 year old yeah. um, and what I want to do better. So. Well, it is easier to talk about and teach yes. on this than it oh, is to do so it. True. So I can, I, I'm in the same boat as you. I'm listening to myself going, am I doing this really uh-huh. well? Uh-huh. Yeah. My kids would probably go, no, not as well as you'd like to, Dad. Right. <laughs> yeah. Good. So it's Well, good. great. Well, we were in the middle of Hebrews 12, and we took yeah. a break just because so much uh, great stuff to process. But let's pick up where we left off. Yeah. Um, tell us real quick the first couple things you said. Yeah. So just kind of the, the first two principles from that passage um, is, you know, one, just that this idea that we're sinners raising sinners. So we just acknowledge that we're broken men trying to, uh, the best we can to shepherd broken Mm -hmm. boys and girls, right? Um, And then two, just this idea that that discipline is evidence of the presence of love. It's not the opposite of it, which is how the world tends to think Mm -hmm. about it. It's how our, our, you know, young, immature kids certainly think about it. And, you know, how could, how dare you do this to me? Don't you love me? You know, kind of deal. And yet we just know from God's love for us, like if he doesn't discipline us, then I I should be more fearful of that than, than when he does. So great. Yeah. Okay. Well, moving on, are we going to stick yeah. with Hebrews 12? Okay. Yeah. So we'll Great. stick with Hebrews 12 and we'll, we'll kind of pick it up in verses 9 and 10 um, because this is a, a really important uh, principle. And so let me just read those two verses okay. and, then, uh, and then I'll just share a principle and we can talk through it. But in verse 9, it says this, besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them, but he disciplines us for good that we may share his holiness. And so what do I, what's the principle that I pull from these verses? And it's just this, it's that we are God's representatives. Okay. That when you think about your role, dad, as a disciplinarian in your home, you should think about it as an ambassador of Christ. So we pull this from 2 Corinthians 5, mm-hmm. where we're told, hey, you are ambassadors for Christ. We're, we're pleading with the world to be reconciled to God. And so when we are engaging with our kids in discipline, we're doing the same thing. We are pleading with them to be reconciled to God. We are seeing sinful behavior that is rebellious against the God of the universe. And yes, it might be rebellious against me and the rules of our home. Right. But, uh, you know, David said, look, before you, Lord, and you only have I sinned, as he was in the midst of his sin or or being uh, exposed for his sin with Bathsheba, right? And it was like, Wait, David, really? Seems like you were sending it against a few other people in that moment. And yet David just acknowledged that this is a sin before the Lord. And so as we're shepherding our kids, it's so important for us to acknowledge that the sin that we are shepherding them through is not sin against me first and foremost. Mm, that's so good. It's against the God of the universe. Yeah. And so what I want to represent then to my kids is a call back to holiness, a call back to that reconciliation, that if that is my primary job as an ambassador, according to 2 Corinthians 5, Mm -hmm. then that's what I'm calling my kids to. And yes, that reconciliation is not just to God, but it is a reconciliation to mom and dad. It's a reconciliation back to the boundaries that we've set in place or the expectations. could be a reconciliation between a a sibling, right, where they've uh, been at each other's throats about something, fighting over a toy or, you know, whatever it might be. And um, and so there's a reconciliation there. But first and foremost, it's a reconciliation with the God of the universe and asking his forgiveness. That's such a good reminder. Again, just like the other ones, you're going deeper and thinking there's a bigger picture here. 
Because I think of, <clears throat> even though we mentioned Ephesians 6 in the last podcast, where wives are given the motive or the mm-hmm. or, or why this is submit to your husbands as unto the Lord. Husband loves your wives as Christ. Children obey your parents in the Lord. Right. Fathers bring them up, not just in your own wisdom, but the discipline instruction of the Lord. Yeah. And so in all of those, there's a reminder of what's your motive in doing this. And I think that... Um, just doesn't enter my mind when I'm disciplining my kids that right. I'm bringing you back to the Lord. Yeah. Like I'm bringing you back into that, that circle of right. freedom bringing that he wants you to be fellowship. in. Yeah. yeah. And so if that's the case, right, uh-huh. if that is our, our aim and our goal, then that should also inform our methods, mm-hmm. right, of doing that. Where I want to look and go, okay, God, how have you disciplined your children? And how do I represent that in the way that I discipline my kids? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, you know, I, I would just say, I think as we just... Um, and it's so important. One of the things that's so hard, right, in this, Chris, as you know, when we're uh, trying to give parenting talks and parenting classes and all that, like people are like, hey, man, where in my Bible do I need to read about being a, a, a dad? Uh-huh. And it and and so my very like tongue in cheek response typically is like, well, just start. I'd start at Genesis one, <laughs> you know, and I just start reading. And then when you get to Revelation twenty one, like I think you'll be good, Stop. you know. Yeah. And the reason is because our God. Uh, reveals himself as father. Yeah, that's good. And so everything that he does is the act of a father. Everything that he does. You know, his punishment of the Egyptians in Exodus is the act of a father protecting his children, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. It's him waging war with those who would wage war with his kids, Mm -hmm. right? And so literally everything that you see God do uh, is, is an act of a father. And so it makes our our uh, textbook rather lengthy and large, but it's why, dads, I just want to encourage you, the best way you can prepare your heart to discipline is to be a student of our Father. Mm-hmm. And and we have his re- revealed word that we can go through. And so, you know, I'll share with you just kind of six things that when I think about the character of God, I think really inform the way that we we discipline. And so the, the first one is this, is that I, I think that godly discipline is connected so where do I pull this from? Well, I'm thinking about um, things like Exodus, right? Uh-huh. That uh, I, I just finished reading through the book of Exodus and just kind of my uh, my Bible reading plan this year. And I know on the journey right now, I think we're reading through Exodus. Um, and, you know, the book of Exodus ends with a lot of rules, mm-hmm. you know, um, but it starts with a rescue. Yeah. It starts with a father pursuing his children and seeking to connect to them right? He has revealed himself through these 10 plagues. He's revealed himself through amazing miracles like the Red Sea and the water coming from the rock. And so he's connected himself to the children. The children of Israel should be going, oh man, I guess that's our God, yeah. right? And so then when he starts going, well, hey, here's the tabernacle system. And, and now we're going to get into Leviticus and we're going to talk about some other rules and mm-hmm. things like that. Well, it's very much connected to that relationship. And so I think it's uh, Josh McDowell has that famous line, right? Yeah. Um, uh, remind me, it's rules uh, without relationship equals rebellion. Is yeah, that what it was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yep. And so it makes sense because that's our God. Like yep. he, he didn't just give us a rule book and say good luck. He entered into our world, mm-hmm. right? And certainly in the person of Jesus, but even at the outset of him caring for his children. So godly discipline is connected. Godly discipline, I believe, is calculated. So we think about this idea that our God is not a fly off the handle kind of God, Mm -hmm. right? That when we just study the scriptures, we understand that before the beginning of time, he had a plan. Before the beginning of time, he knew that Adam and Eve would fall in their sin, right? And uh, and so, uh, and even the idea of God's wrath, wrath is not 
uh, wrath in the way that I have a tendency to think about it, right? As like just flying off the handle, you know, just irritated and, you know, yeah. just kind of this outburst. But it's actually a very calculated response to the evil that is in the world, or in this case with his children, to the sin that he sees in their life. And so it's not just a, man, I, I don't know what to do. I'll just do something. Right. It's like, no, no, no. He, he's been planning this. And so, you know, if we're going to represent him in that way, we want to make sure that our discipline is thoughtful and calculated and not just a quick off the cuff word that we throw out or spanking on the rear end or, or whatever. Like, man, those, those things, if they're not thoughtfully done can mm-hmm. be really destructive. Yep. And so, um, so yeah, so I'll stop there. Any thoughts there, Chris? What would you expect? Well, I was thinking of the even the I just think it's funny sometimes the story of Jesus driving out the the money collectors, money changers. Uh-huh. It's almost like I just know so many times in Sunday school, we almost don't know what to do with that because it's like he's always so loving and whatever. And then it's like, and then well, Jesus got a little boys and girls, he got a little uh, and we kind of don't know how to um yep. handle that. But I think that if if you read it, uh, there's a couple of things about it. One of them is it actually says while he was doing this, he was teaching them. Right. So it's right. not like he is just blind rage going out there. And it also says that um, he he wove together, like he made a whip of cords yep. to do this, which takes time. And so he was observing, he was taking his time to do this. And then he had a point that he was doing. It wasn't just like, I am right. so irritated with all y'all. Just get out of here. Yeah. He connected it to a specific command from yes. his father, right? He yep. was like, hey, this is supposed to be a house of prayer. And you guys have turned it into a den of thieves. Yep. And so it was, there was a very specific reason that yeah. he was doing that. You're right. It's, it's really good. The, the next thing here I just put is just godly discipline is clear. Mm-hmm. Like, it, and, and this is hard for, especially in the heat of the moment, you know, for me as like, okay, how do I just make sure I'm articulating this really clearly that I tell you what the expectations are, you know? And so there's proactive uh, clarity here, which is, hey guys, here's some of the expectations that we have in our family. And so that might be, you know, just kind of, hey, here's some values that we have unique to the shared home or to the Butler home, right? Yep. We just go, man, this really matters. And so when this, then this, mm-hmm. you know, kind of um, proactive language. But then, you know, when kind of push comes to shove and there is a moment of like, okay, now there's discipline. Hey, how can I be as clear as possible of what that discipline is going to look like, you yep. know? And so whether it's, I mean, you lost your phone, you know, uh, not indefinitely, but for the next two weeks, you know, or yeah. something like that where we're just being clear. And, and again, we're just looking at our father and we are recognizing how often he's just like, hey, it's really clear that these are my expectations. Here's my rule. I actually wrote it down for you. <laughs> yes, I wrote it down for you. I've revealed it to you. And uh, and I'm not trying to, you know, kind of catch you, right? Yep. And gosh, how kind and loving of our God that it's not this like, okay, what, did I do enough today? It's like, no, no, he, he's told us what it looks like. Yep. And then he even really simplified it, didn't he? Yep. When Jesus comes on the scene and he's like, uh, they ask him, hey, what are the two greatest? Yeah. Or the, the greatest, what is the greatest commandment? Well, it's one and two. You do this, you do everything, yep. you know, is is how Jesus says those two, love God and love your neighbor as yourself. Like everything else is, you really can't break any of the other rules if you're doing these yeah, two things. that's good. So how can we make sure that we're communicating that to our kids um, in a clear way? And uh, I would add on there too, depending on the age of your kids, it needs to be quicker. It needs to be sooner rather than later because yep. if it's like a three-year-old, like go in your room and think about this. By the time you get in there, they have yep. forgotten even why they're in there. Right, right. And so you either need to remind them or it needs to be pretty quick because yep. otherwise I know that there have been times when I've waited too long mm-hmm. and I'm asking them, do you understand why you're in trouble? And they'll say, 
because I disobeyed and they have no, they just right. don't remember. Right. And so connecting that, like these, this was the clear thing that you did so yeah. that they even understand I'm not just doing this blindly. Yeah. 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 It's good. Yeah, the next thing I put, and this kind of goes with calculated, but it's just the idea of controlled, you know, that, that again, I'm not just flying off the handle. I'm not just responding to, to the emotions of the moment. Uh-huh. But as my heavenly father controls himself, right, and, and, and knows exactly that he is sovereign over it all, he is in control, mm-hmm. right? And, and so everything that he does is a, is a controlled act, right? out of love for his children. And so I just, I want to represent him in that way. And so I want to make sure that my heart is ready mm-hmm. for that moment of discipline, whatever that may look like in my home. And depending on, as we said uh, earlier, whatever that looks like for that particular child, that it's not just a, uh, okay, I, uh, I'll just do this, yep. you know, but it, it's controlled. So uh, yeah, the next uh, C here of what godly discipline looks like is just consistent. So, you know, just thinking about this idea of, you know, I'm sure your kids aren't like mine. My kids uh, happen to do the same thing over and over and over uh-huh. again. And one of the things that I can do to bless them and that honestly helps them in, uh, you know, kind of alleviating anxiety and stuff is just the consistency with which yeah. I respond to their behavior, uh, that they have some semblance of, hey, what happened last time is going to happen this time. And so if that's a consequence of, hey, you're going to lose your phone or, hey, you're going to uh, have to spend time and time out or time in or whatever it is that your family does, just uh, as best we can, making sure that our response is consistent with what we've said. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest, like that's a really tough thing for me that, you know, I tend to be a bleeding heart uh, and a, a feeler on those things. Yep. And so, you know, not necessarily wanting to kind of keep my word at times is a real temptation for me. And I don't know, Chris, if that's for you the same oh, thing. Yeah. It's so hard. I And wh- I think this is a way that we really can exasperate our kids where they feel not sure, kind of like we're either like a sleeping giant I'm going to be nothing until a certain level, and they didn't know when that's going to eruption is going to be. Right, right. Like, when is that actually going to do this? Yep. Or sometimes they feel like I've done what I, I mean what I say, or sometimes I don't. And that's just, I think, so much of how they learn and how they respond is going to depend on am I being consistent in this? And when they right. when they learn, either I can't get away with this, or even the, the punishment was consistent, or like the punishment fitting the crime too. Yeah. Is a big one. And just being in public is always the hardest one because oh, yeah. so many times you just don't want to have to do that or you're embarrassed and then you're not consistent or you give, you know, five more chances that you normally wouldn't give. Right. So again, that's where they're just like, what is the standard? Like you keep, you know, moving it. Yeah. So Yeah. Which actually yeah. kind of leads us to that last, my, my last point here of what godly discipline looks like is that it is costly. Mm-hmm. We have to understand that, that that's part of what makes those scenarios that you just explained really challenging for us yeah. is it is going to cost us something. So we can either feel like it's going to cost us reputation with others. Gosh, what will other people think when they see, you know, me responding in this way? Or whether it's just costly in the sense of, man, you know, uh, just the other night, it was like I had plans with my son. You know, we're going to do this fun thing. And then I get home and mama has let me know, hey, it was not a good day. This was some of the behavior. And all of a sudden, like the game changes. And now that that's costly for me because I'm missing out on this moment I was hoping to experience and to enjoy. Or maybe it's just costly for me selfishly at times, yeah. right? Where it's like, no, I, I had a really long day at work. I was hoping just to come home and watch the basketball game, you know, or whatever. And nope, I'm not going to get to do that because I've got to go and engage in a longer conversation. I've got to go and clean up a mess with, you know, this child or whatever. And, uh, and so just understanding like this is, this is our God, 
yeah. right? That he loves us so much that he is willing to discipline us mm-hmm. and that it costs him a ton, yep. right? Uh, specifically, the, the life of his son, yep. right? To bring that discipline to bear that does produce, as we're talking about through this, uh, you know, Hebrews 12 passage, this harvest of righteousness. And so God has gone before us. Jesus went before us. Um, he was willing to pay the price. Yep. And uh, and so for us as dads, one, to follow his example, and then just to be reminded, you know, as I, as I think through these six things, connected, calculated, clear, controlled, consistent, and costly, man, I don't do that well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't do it well. Yet there's this big G that kind of oversees those C's, which is grace. Yeah. Right? Like God's grace is sufficient for me in the midst of that. So I want to do everything I can to model and to be that representative to my kids. But I also want to uh, understand that there is grace for me that covers a multitude of my parenting mistakes and my sins and my shortcomings. And and it's all been paid for by the blood of Christ, you know. And so I think wanting to make sure, dads, that you feel that, that you understand. There's no way you're going to do this perfectly. Yeah. There's only been one. There's only been one who's walked this planet who's done it perfectly. And, uh, and so because of his perfection, he paid the price for all of our imperfections. And so we can live in the freedom of that, never using that as an excuse. You know, you think about Romans six, you know, like, what should we say then? Should we go on sinning so that grace may increase? Of course not. And so we can't do that as dads to go, well, God's grace will cover this mistake that I'm making where I'm not consistent. I'm not willing to pay that cost or, or whatever it might be. No, don't, don't make excuses for yourself, mm-hmm. but receive the grace and the freedom that we get to walk in in the midst of that. Yep. I think I've seen some dads also try to excuse, even explaining to their kids, like, well, let me explain to you how I was raised. And almost like, here's why I'm not mm-hmm. great at this. And that's an excuse. Like, that's lame. Like, right. okay, but it, but you get to be your own person and have your own, right. you know, standards. And I going back to your costly one, I think of a time when, when my son, one of my boys had just totally mishandled our trust and where he was with his car. Mm-hmm. And so we took away his driving privileges. But what that meant was he was doing a summer job at the Boys and Girls Club. And so I had to drive him yep. at 6.30 in the morning <laughs> all summer long, like five days a week. And so I had to make sure I wasn't being bitter yep. towards him. Like, if you hadn't done this, I would— because. This is what I felt needed to be done. Yep. But what it did was it created actually every day father-son time in the mm-hmm. car. Mm-hmm. And again, he was a teenager. He wasn't always, you know, super peppy, happy right. to talk in the morning. But it yep. was, um, it, it, it turned into some good, you know, conversations. Yep. And I, I think for, for dads, the thing that I'm learning more and more, and again, I've only been a dad 29 years. The thing <laughs> that I'm learning more and more is that parenting is easy if you don't care. Hmm. Yep. It's easy if you don't care. But yeah. the reason it's hard is because you do care. It's exactly And right. that's what makes it hard. And so it's the times when I don't care that I'm being, you know, really a dad, a bad hmm. dad. Right. But I was reflecting recently on David. And I, again, I love the way scripture does not candy coat or whitewash mm-hmm. even the greatest people that we look up to like David. Right. Who besides Jesus has more, you know, runtime in the Bible than anyone. Right. And as great as David was with his son, oh my goodness, what's his uh, son's name? Is it Absalom or is no? It the one Abijah? right after Absalom, Abijah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Where it says that his father, talking about David, had never at any time displeased him by asking, "Why have you done this and so?" Yeah. 
And it goes on. Other translations say his father had never rebuked him or never disciplined him or had never once reprimanded him. Mm-hmm. And you look at what he did, and it's basically Absalom again, where right. he's thinking, I'm going to be king. And he's handsome and he's full of himself. But his dad had never reprimanded him. He right. never confronted him. And there's other mistakes, too. David wasn't really involved in knowing kind of the heart of some of his other sons and, and stuff. So, again, that's in one way a good reminder, like even David was not perfect in this. Right. But just a good reminder that if I care, I've got to be involved. And it includes reprimanding. But even the the ESV version, his father had never at any time displeased him by asking. And it's because what what happens to me is fear of man. I'm afraid of what my yeah. kids are going to They're going to be mad at me. Yeah. And yeah. that's a really hard one for me. I think more than my sons, it's with my daughters. Like, mm. I don't want my daughters to be mad at me. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's that costliness. Yes. Again, relational just, costliness. Yes. In addition to having to drive your kid, you know, or for us right now, it's phones, you know, like mm-hmm. it's, it's harder on me as a dad yeah. for you to not have your phone, but you have broken trust with the phone. And yes. so now I, I have to kind of deal with this and manage your schedule and, you know, uh, <laughs> even respond to some of your friends who are like, where are you? You know, and. Uh, it, but th- it is that. So I was just thinking as you were talking, Proverbs twenty-seven six: Faithful are the wounds of a friend; mm-hmm. profuse are the kisses of an enemy. If we're going to be a faithful friend to our kids, we're going to have to wound them. Yeah, there's going to have to be those times where we do not follow David's example in that story that you just read. Yeah, and and where we are willing for them to not like us, to be angry with us to, you know, tell us that we're the strictest parents on the planet and nobody else does this. And, you know, it's amazing how there's apparently no other parents who do anything remotely (laughs) like us, you know, that are on the planet. But um, but to be willing to receive that as a dad. And uh, and I think that's just part of, again, us following following the example of our Savior who laid down his life for his friends. And sometimes, man, it feels that way, mm-hmm. you know, for us as dads. I know moms feel the same way. It's yeah. like, and I just feel like I'm taking these shots from my kids all day long because they're angry and they don't understand and they, they think I'm being unfair. And so they say these things to me. It's like, yeah, but but you're being a faithful friend to yep. them. These are the things that they're going to um, thank you for at some point in time, yep. you know. And so— And even more than that, too, to think of I'm being faithful to the Lord. Like, he's the one who stewarded my kid, who's given me these kids to steward, and he's going to kind of like the parable of the talents, going to ask for an account. Like, how did you right. handle what I did give right. you? And um, I've just got to think of it more in terms of not, uh, are my kids happy with me? Or are they, you know, am I receiving the greatest dad of the year award right. from them right. versus is the Lord saying, well done? Good exactly. Faithful, so. What is your goal? Is yeah. your goal the well done of your father yeah. or is it the best daddy ever of your kids? Yeah. Because those two goals are miles apart. <laughs> right. And, uh, and here's the thing is the well done of my father is very clear. It's what we just talked about. He's consistent. He's told me in his word, what does it look like to be faithful? And his standard doesn't change. My 15 year old, his standard of what me being a good dad looks like is going to change when he turns 16 and 17. And it's very different than when he was eight, you know? And so that it's this like constant moving target. And so, man, the freedom that we have when we go, I'm going to parent for the well done of my father. Yeah. I am not going to, Galatians 1.10, I, I can't please man. Yeah. If I'm pleasing man, I can't please God. And so let me please God. And then, God, I'm trusting that that harvest, that you're going to bring that about in your sovereign will and your purposes. Yeah. And I can sleep really well at night when I do that. That's so good. So, Hey, let's end on this. How, just some practical advice, 
how do you wrap up a discipline session? I don't know what to call it with your kids. Like, how do you end it? Because I think that's where I struggle with a dad. Yeah. Of yeah. knowing how do I how do I communicate the firmness, but also the grace mm. in that moment where I don't make it sound like, okay, so no big deal. We're back to square one. I love you. Yeah. Versus like, I'm still mad at you. You're in the doghouse. It's going to take time. So yeah. how do you, is yeah. there a way that you try to end them? Are they all different? Or give me yeah, any man. examples. Well, you know, uh, the the last principle that I wrote down here is just, uh, and it goes with the question you're asking is like, we have to understand that discipline is a process and not an event. Mm-hmm. And I do think that uh, sometimes we can get stuck in just going, okay, this event is, um, you know, kind of the end all be all. We, we have a tendency to catastrophize uh-huh. moments, right? Like, yeah. okay, well, that kid did this. That means, you know, all of a sudden we're like 20 miles down the road and yep. he's in jail. And you this know? has changed forever. Like <laughs> yes. nothing will ever be the same. And, and so I do think um, for us as dads um, to understand, hey, this is a process. And so I think that informs then the way that you're, you're talking about, like, hey, how do we wrap this up? Mm-hmm. Which is, I, I think, for me, what I want to do on my best days, and uh, and I would be lying to say I do this all the time, so I won't. Um, but, you know, what, what I want to do on my best days is to come around that child to express to them as best I can, hey, the reason that we are taking these steps is out of love for you, out of protection. So real time, I had a conversation with uh, one of my kids this week. And I, I was coming home from a scenario with someone who had really shipwrecked their faith mm-hmm. through some really egregious sin that was hurting their uh, their family, their wife, their kids, all this. And and so I'm coming home and I'm listening to some of the things that my son uh, is, uh, some of the choices that he's making that are miles away from that horrific situation and yet are the precursors to yeah. some of that horrific situation. Yep. Hiding, deceiving, you know, not being completely honest. And so in the midst of that, what I tried to do and what I try to do when, I, again, when I'm in the spirit mm-hmm. is to go, hey, this is this is the goal. This is the purpose that we are disciplining you for is to keep you from the pains. Yeah. Because right now it doesn't cost you too much, <clears throat> right? Yeah. It's going to cost you not being able to be on your phone or it's going to cost you not being able to go to that thing with your friends or whatever. And and I know that feels like a ton to you right now. Yeah. But can I just tell you that if we were to let those things go, that these are some of the scenarios that play out that I, I because of the seat that I have here at Watermark, I unfortunately get to see play out mm. in ways that are incredibly destructive. And son, I love you. And I, I don't want you to have to live through that story. It's a horrific story. Yeah. And then I would say too, Chris, um, acknowledging my own weakness and, and even pointing to some of my own story, you know. And so yeah. when I see those things that are playing out in the lives of my kids, trying to go, hey, look, I, I've, I've been there and here's what it cost me because I, I didn't follow the instruction of my parents and certainly my God. And, uh, and I want to spare you that. Yeah. And so, um, I love you. I'm for you. I know it doesn't feel like that right now, but it's true. We're, we're for you. And I'm not saying that mom and dad are perfect. Yeah. I'm not saying that we, we may make mistakes and this might even be one of them. I don't know, but we're doing the best we can to listen to the voice of the Lord and then to be obedient to him. Uh, to care for your soul because we love you. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, that that's a, yeah. um, a very broad general. I just don't, every scenario is so. And how the, each kid receives discipline. Exactly. Some of them were brokenhearted that you're not happy with them versus mad that they got in yes. trouble and yes. maybe aren't even repentant yet. I think 
the biggest thing, I mean, from what I'm hearing you're saying is affirming and reaffirming that you love them and that's why you're doing that, this. Yeah. And I just think you're trying to remind them we want more joy, less scars. <laughs> like yeah. we don't want you to have to deal with this later down the road. And so yeah. now is when we deal with it. Well, and you're, you're training them up. So I, I just saw this quote from John Piper and uh, I'll read it for this, but what we're training them for in the midst of this is we're training them for the discipline of the Lord, mm-hmm. right? There is a day coming where I'm not going to be there. And, and frankly, it's already happening, you know, that there are things that I, I can't be there for it. I don't see. And so are you going to be, you know, self-controlled enough? And so, you know, Piper just says this. He says, no one loves his children more than God does. And no one is more attentive to discipline us for our good. Every Christian parent should consider seriously that when our children are under our care, we are God's representatives to prepare them for their heavenly father's discipline when they are no longer under ours. If they find God's discipline surprising we may have left something wow. undone. <laughs> that's good. And, you know, and so that that's the the goal right here is I, I want to prepare them for, and even to show them, uh, my kids are always surprised when my uh, phone pops up and says, hey, your your time is up for Instagram. Uh-huh. And they're like, wait, why do you have that on your phone? Right. You know, and I was like, well, because I, I want to set up healthy boundaries for myself. I know that I can get sucked into the vortex of social media and Twitter and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so I just know that's not good for me. And so that's self-discipline. And that's what I'm training you for. So right now your limits are set by your mom and dad. At some point we're going to say, hey, what do you think? Mm-hmm. And and we hope that you're going to make a wise decision in the midst of that. But I want them to see that that I'm not just this, you know, kids are notorious for saying, I can't wait till I grow up and I can do whatever I want right. to do. Yeah. There, there is no world in which that exists. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, what you want to do is you want to grow up to do what you ought to do. Yep. That's so good. And so I, I'm disciplining myself for the sake of those things because I know where sin will lead me. I know where laziness will lead me. I know where apathy will lead me. And, and I just don't want to go there. Mm-hmm. And so helping our kids to see even the, the way that we're disciplining ourselves yep. for the sake of godliness, accountability, our community, what does that look like? Do they understand that those men or those women have that role in our life? Do they understand the um, relationship between the husband and the wife where, hey, your mom is a part of God's discipline of me as a dad because mm-hmm. she's helping me. And she's admonishing me and she's sharpening me in these ways so that our kids don't ever feel like, I think that's part of what, uh, again, just the selfish nature of sin. Our kids naturally just think, oh, it's just me, you know, and one day I'll get out of this. And I was like, nope, no, we got to help them to understand. You don't want to be out from under this. Yeah. You want to be under the discipline of the Lord. What Hebrews 12 reminds us of, just to wrap it, that whole thing up, it reminds us that it's only the one that God loves Mm -hmm. that he disciplines. And so when we experience that discipline from the Lord, what we can be more confident of is, man, God must really love me to not allow me to get away with my sin. Yeah. He must really love me. And man, what an assurance that is to our hearts, you know, again, as dads and hopefully for our kids as they grow in godliness and righteousness. Yep. Great. Well, Wes, thanks for being here. Yeah, man. Thank you. Great. And uh, dads, we just pray that this has been uh, encouraging, maybe challenging a little bit, but also that you feel a little more equipped to uh, discipline your own kids. And just really to sum up what we've said before from Deuteronomy 6, that our, our role as dads, uh, love God, live his word, and lead your family. So we pray that for you guys and look forward to talking to you again next time. Thanks. 